0: Today, we will be discussing Plotter with Troy Lambert. Troy Lambert is a mystery author, book editor, and the education lead for Plotter, the number one visual outlining and story Bible software. The author of over 25 novels and several works of nonfiction, he lives in the mountains of Idaho with his wife and two very talented dogs. Welcome to the Writing Pursuits Podcast, where authors like you discuss writing craft, author life, and book marketing strategies. I'm your host, Kathrice McKee. I own Writing Pursuits and write and produce the weekly newsletter, Writing Pursuits Tips for Authors. In addition, I am a speculative fiction author. Writing Pursuits is for authors who drink too much coffee, endure judgmental looks from their furry writing companions, and struggle for words. If you are a writer seeking encouragement, information, and inspiration, this podcast is for you. Let's get to it. Hey, Writing Pursuits authors, welcome back to the podcast. To those of you who are new, I want to extend a special welcome. My name is Catrice McKee, and I'm glad you're here. I will say I'd like to welcome uh, Troy Lambert to my program. He is the education lead for Plotter, and that is a story plotting and what do you call story Bible software, which I find very intriguing. I write fantasy myself. And so I definitely have to go back to my notes to find out about what do my characters look like again? (laughs) And what did I finally decide that guy was called? (laughs) What is his real full name?
1: Well, beautiful. Well, thanks for having me. And, And those are all things that the series Bible helps you address. And even so I don't write epic fantasy or fantasy, or I write mysteries and thrillers, but even mysteries and thrillers, that series Bible is so valuable. Um. first of all especially if you're perhaps a little bit nutty person like me and you're writing a series called capital city murders and so you can figure out that there are probably <laughs> even writers can do that math like there's 50 of them eventually so that's a lot of character names a lot of ways for people to die um, right and a lot of settings and locations because each one is set in a different city so oh, oh wow it's a different capital city so you can imagine that I mean, you can take take an epic fantasy, and you probably have those characters and settings in one book. Um, But <laughs> I spread it all over 50, but still, it makes for a series Bible that's extremely robust. Um right. And actually, it's really funny. I was working on that just before we, on the next, on the series Bible for the next book, the outline of the next book, bef- just before we started. Because um I'm lining up the characters for that particular. Some characters continue. Some characters don't. Um, so you have to for each book, I have to line up what characters are where um, and the ones that have been in the series for a long time. I just have to remember there's what do they look like? What are they what are the what's the personality type? How do I write this person? Um, and it makes a very makes for a very robust and interesting thing. So, yes, the series Bible feature. Is super, I mean, on top of the outlining features, everybody talks about the plotting and outlining features. and That's great. Right. But the series Bible on top of that is really valuable because you can tag people. You can create tags of your own categories of your own characteristics of your own um, to basically keep track of all those things you were just talking about. It's like because and prevent going back to your notes and like looking over and over.
0: Right. So it's
1: I'm, all digital.
0: I'm very digital. interested in tags then. So you could say this is all uh various tags for this character you have a tag for the story he's in for the the place he's in um, and so forth yep. and i was thinking um can this also be used for and i know it says places and people but also for objects
1: yes and that is a really good point so here's one of the things that i'll tell you about plotter is like okay you open it up now and you see a timeline, an outline, then you see characters, settings, and notes, right? right? Relatively soon, you will see some more categories added to that world building aspect. And the whole reason is fantasy writers like you, because you want to connect (laughs) what, because like me, I would put that in an object, right? I'd put a weapon or something that would be in a notes section right now, right? Something that would be in a notes section right now, right? Mm-hmm. But if we had another section for objects, which we will soon, then you can connect the object to the character, to the book, to uh the magic system, to your city, si- whatever that situation may be. So it gives you a robust platform to track everything. Like you can track everything, but also you can create relationships using those tags.
0: Exactly. That's um, exactly what I was thinking about. So,
1: like, because people will do things in like spreadsheets or a Word doc or whatever for a series Bible. Great stuff. Great stuff. Right. And some of them, especially the ones in Excel, they give me a headache. Um, but that's because <laughs> I'm, I'm a writer. I don't like, I, I don't Excel. even like doing accounting in Excel, but I have to because mm-hmm. that's the thing. Right? right. But I still hate it. Um, because, but my wife is really good with it. So it's wonderful. But, yeah. and that's, That's great, but um, but people create story bibles in there, right? But it drives me nuts. But the thing that you that is more difficult to do in Excel, I know there's ways to do it, is you create is that creation of relationships, um, and in a way that you can see them at a glance, right? So for me, I use Plotter as I write, so I use Plotter a number of different ways, and I'm I'm already diving in and giving you part process ideas before i even <laughs> talk to you fully about the software but well, <laughs> i'm, I'm going to explain why there, there's actually a reason to be a method to my madness okay um and that's because i use it in the planning process like i plan my outline and i plan the characters that i know now some characters i get to know them as i write the book if they're an ongoing character yeah i know who they are and whatever. As I start to write the book, though, then I learn about other characters along the way. So I develop those character profiles as I go. But I probably have a name or at least a placeholder like right now. Um, I just created one earlier this morning that just says name. Like, I haven't come up with a name for this person yet, but I know who they are and what they, what role they play in the story. I just haven't, I'm like, I'll do a name generator thing later and figure that out, right? Right. Um, and also check my series Bible to make sure that I've already got three Marys in this series uh-huh. in the last 16 books. Right. So I really don't need another Mary anytime soon, right? So I can, right. let's just skip that madness, okay? Because we as writers tend to repeat things and we don't realize it. And no, we won't absolutely. realize it until a reader says, even Did in fantasy, know, they're like, you had five characters named Xyla Lander, or, you know, whatever. They, and you they go, They all started with the really? letter. <laughs> they all started with X. There was somebody, I think it was, it wasn't Robert Jordan, but it was somebody else. I was reading through their books and a whole bunch of their characters for several books in a row started with G. Oh, like, no g oh. or j g or j and so after a while i'm like is this ginger james or jared i where was their ah. editor <laughs> i'm like i don't even know and this was traditionally published long time ago you know ah. i don't know whatever oh. it is i i can't even remember now which book series it was but it drove me crazy because they all had g and i'm like who are the now i'm confused <laughs> Used right yes. um but we writers do that because we don't know what we're doing yeah um and people think that we do the way we do is we use tools and we go back and check things i was to gonna make say sure that's didn't...
0: why we have tools
1: <laughs> that's why we have tools is to go back and check and editors is to go back and check things and say hey was i really dumb with this oh yes i was well how about i fix that before it gets published anyway um <laughs> great idea right so, um so, yeah, yeah.
0: So I guess anyway. this is why you use plotter. And that's how it began was uh, a need someone had to plot yeah. their own work. Was
1: yeah. So know, the guy or? who, no, no. I tell people I write words, not code. Okay. There we go. All right. Like the guy who developed it is a guy named Cameron, um, good friend of mine. Awesome dude. And, um, but he created this for his own writing. Well, okay. in like 2017, a bunch of people have told him, you should sell this to other writers because it's a really cool idea. Right. So 2017, I go to this writer's conference. A friend of mine comes out of the vendor room and says, Hey, you need to come with me and buy this software. And I went, Like, what? <laughs> like, wow. pardon me? Like, right. okay. That's that's what you call a strong endorsement. Like, mm-hmm. come here and buy this was pretty much his method. Use I'm your like, money. All right.
0: Buy this stuff. So I was like,
1: <laughs> All right, fine. So I went and looked at it, but honestly, I bought it within like it was like less than a five minute demo. And it was not the software that it is now. Back then, it was a little baby compared to what we have now. Very few features. But what it did was it provided me with a digital corkboard where I could kind of thing, where I could create those relationships between those little cards I was using on my wall without using string (laughs) and (laughs) pushpins.
0: Without having a crazy wall behind you.
1: (laughs) Arrows on a whiteboard, which oh, just don't even get me started. But they, it, it was my reality for a while, right? This was just how things worked, right? Because um, we had, that was the tools we had. So digitally, I could create those relationships without creating like string and note cards and stuff like that. So I bought it. Um, and then one of the first things he said was, well, what would you like to see? And I said, a series Bible. Give me a series Bible along with this. And this is the bomb. And so because of course, I had the ear of the developer. I'm one of the first like 100 people in the country to use it. He's like, all right, I'll do okay. that. And so and I tell people this all the time, like almost every feature we have in Plotter now was suggested by a user. Like we this is a software for writers, by writers. Most by writers. of our staff consists of writers, like including me, including a large portion of our staff. There are very few people that are just developers. There are developers who also write books. So when you say something, we understand where you're coming from and what you're looking at. So even if it's something I wouldn't necessarily do or use, I can spot the value Mm -hmm. and go, Oh, that makes total sense. That makes, that is a total thing that'll totally work. Right. During the writing process, I use, I have Scribner open on one screen. I have plotter open on the other. If I develop a character further, I copy my description from Scribner into plotter. Yeah, I don't have to go back and ever look for that again. Right. Right. Whenever I want to describe that character, instead of going back in Scrivener or going back anywhere else, I turn my head and look at Plotter on my other screen, then turn back and look at Scrivener and I don't ever leave the writing environment. This is the key focus and efficiency. I don't ever leave the writing environment. I find what it, the information I need and go right back to writing rather than going down a rabbit hole because I am a squirrel. I will see something shiny back in chapter two when I go check what <laughs> color their eyes are. Oh no. and I will be on Cora learning about all kinds of weaponry and ways that people kill people. And then I'll have to come back and go, now, what color were her eyes? Because now that I read that, I've also read four million pages on the Internet. And now I know everything there is to know about this particular pistol. I know who made it, what year it was created, but I still don't know what color char- my character's eyes are. So don't do that. Stop the madness. Just don't do that. Just have a system. And then I use plotter in the revision process. So I go mm-hmm. back to the timeline and I match up what I plan to write with what I actually wrote. hmm and then with the plot structure that I chose to use for this particular story, we have a whole bunch of plot structure templates that are a part of plotter. Um, and I use different ones for different stories, depending upon the story and what I'm doing. And that's, that's a whole, that's like a whole podcast and webinar thing in and of itself. right? Absolutely. It's how to choose which one of those that you're going to use. Right. Absolutely. But I have a method. I have a method to my madness. But <laughs> then I, but so in the revision process, I'm checking my work. I'm saying, okay, what I wrote is actually a little different than what I planned to write, but does it still make sense?
0: Is it better or worse, right?
1: Does it still line up with the plot structure or in chap- in beat number six, where I wrote this tangent, do I need to just get rid of that and write something else or just revise what I wrote? What do I need to do with that to make this line up with the overall plot that I had before? And enables me as a mystery writer to go back and plant clues back in those early chapters, so that readers go, "How did you know to plant that clue in that chapter?" Uh, and I'm like, uh, "Ha ha! Uh, I did not. I went back and did it in the second draft, but you don't need to know that. I am brilliant, and I just thought of it on the fly. I,
0: I just happened yeah. to mention the gun in the drawer, and you—you you know, it's yeah. total I knew author it all magic. Along. Yes."
1: I knew it all along. No, it's not (laughs) author magic. It's called revision, which is for me is a really fun part of the process because you get to add another layer of creativity to that first draft, that first outline draft. That's always horrible, right? I get to go back and add something to that to make it into something that's good and palatable that my readers will actually like. And that I can send to my editor without cringing and going "Eh," as I hit send Uh, because you know, it's bad enough as it is without adding in extra layers of my stupidity that I didn't go back and check so,
0: <laughs> I love that you know. I love that idea of having the uh the timeline to go back and check um the templates that you were talking about um mm-hmm. yeah, that totally makes sense. And so tell me about the templates that you're uh that are out there right now and what you have kind of planned for that
1: so we have over 30 different types of plot templates in the software itself everything from the 12-step mystery formula to really simple plot structures like the w plot to very complex ones like story engines um we have them for different genres romancing the beat action adventure hero's journey you know fantasy is A lot of times it's pretty much a straight hero's journey or a three act structure, Mm -hmm. Uh, but you can add, you can boost that up by doing something like story engines, which is really complex, but which gives you a lot, a lot more insight into what you're doing, depending upon how detailed or how not detailed of a plotter you are, or whether you don't plot at all until hopefully when you go back and check your work for the second draft. Right. That way you don't have to write six drafts because that six drafts, not good.
0: That is just it's the most awful experience to have to go back and back and back and back. It's, I hate it's
1: that. terrible. And you don't the truth is you don't have to. The Correct. part of it is that you do your planning on your second draft instead of on your first one. So some people write if if you're just a discovery writer, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, right. A little aside here. You're just a discovery writer. So you skip the part that I do about doing the initial planning. Now, understand, I do the initial planning. I write. The writing is different than the initial planning. So I still have to go back and reconcile my books, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's yes. the way that works. Okay. So even for a plotter, even for a planner, at least for me, not everything turns out perfectly. So got to go back and check. If you're a discovery writer, you didn't write any of that in the first place. You skipped that planning step right? You sat down with an idea and just wrote it. That's what I call the outline draft. Not even really a first draft. It's a zero draft. It's an outline draft. You're telling Mm -hmm. yourself the story. When you get done with that, you have all the elements of a story. Are they in order?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Maybe. Is the pacing right? Probably not. (laughs) Could be. It could be. You could have accidentally done a great job of it. Um, So the pacing could be right, but it's probably not. There's probably areas where you told yourself part of the story and you included that in your draft. And that's great. But the reader doesn't need to read that. So we can just chuck that out. That's right? right. One of the things you always have trouble with with revision is getting distance from your work. So people will tell you, put it away for two months. Okay. Look, I'm a commercial writer. And speed matters in publishing these days. Okay. Yes, I'm doing does. this for a living since 2009. I clearly like to eat. My wife likes <laughs> nice things. Okay. We need money. Okay. So which means I got to get to work, right? So I can't leave a draft for two months. It just doesn't that economically and process wise, that doesn't work. How do I get distance? I tear it apart and look at it in pieces instead of as the whole. If you just go back and rewrite that first draft by going all the way through, just like you wrote it the first time, you're not going to fix anything because you don't know what's wrong with it yet.
0: I wish I could just like put that on a billboard and, and, and just put it up everywhere because I have so many beginning authors who they get caught up in that terrible, terrible, from the beginning to the end, from the beginning to the end. And they don't, no, they don't tear no, it no, down no. like you say to do. Yeah,
1: just rip it apart. So there, I'm going to give you a, a few examples of why to do this and how to do it, okay? First of all, take your own work and tear it apart. What you do is you summarize each scene that you've written and summarize it in what we call a scene card on plotter. And when you can visually see it, you'll understand it. it's This is like... On a little timeline that goes across, you can create as many of those timelines as you want in your book, if you want. That's as many as you want, as many chapters or beats as you want. Whatever methods you use, I write in beats. Most of my beats actually are chapters because I write thrillers and I like to write what's called potato chip chapters. which means they're (laughs) short, punchy, and there's a hook on either end. So that way, my reader wakes up at 2 a.m. Their Kindle has fallen on their face. (laughs) They finish the books. They're covered in orange fiction crumbs and they wonder what happened. And they're cursing me because now they're late for work the next day. Perfect. Yes. Perfect. Love it. Love it. Too bad for you. Kendall Email crumbs. me and tell me your sorry story. Whatever. Okay. So that's my method. Not the method for everyone. It's my method, right? So, but so each of those beats is one sharp, punchy like chapter. Okay. Whatever whatever your method, that's fine. You can use whatever many chapters, timelines you want. But summarize your work by just taking each scene and looking at it objectively. What happened in this scene? Now, if you don't know where a scene is, a scene is a mini story, right? It has a beginning, right. middle, and end, right. and it ties into the big story. Mm-hmm. So if you have something that's a scene that you called a scene when you wrote it, but it doesn't have a beginning, middle, and end, and you don't know exactly what's happening in that scene, so you right. can't really summarize it. That, my friend, is what we call a hint. That means you have a problem in that scene, right? Right. There's something wrong there that you need to fix. Okay. But once you've done that, you tear apart each scene. I do a number of things. I tag those scenes by the pacing that actually happens in that scene. Is this Uh a slow, medium, or fast scene? Excellent. If I end up with six slow scenes in a row in a thriller, what have I just done? Well, my reader's Kindle hit their face early, and they didn't finish. Because there was no reason for them to keep reading, right? right? Or they actually were able to put it away on the charger. Terrible result. Not happy about that, right? Okay, no. right. Want them to have to keep reading. Okay. So I, I check pacing. I check those things, but I'm honest with myself about what that scene's about and what the pacing is like. Pull them all apart. This gives you distance from your work. You're not looking at it as a whole. You're looking at each individual scene. And you're not reading it even as a whole. When you look back at those scenes, you're reading just those summaries. Just
0: those. And pieces. I can
1: tell you a lot about like, is, how did I do, is this work viable? Like, and these parts, like, do they belong here? Is this in the right place? You can put one of those plot structure templates we talked about next to it and go by the hero's journey. Do I have an inciting incident? Does it happen at the right place in my book? Approximately. Don't get hooked up on percentages when right. you read those books. Don't do that. Approximate. Don't do that. Approximate. Don't do math. As it a writer needs a to law. be
0: in the right place. That's all that matters.
1: <laughs> the right place. And generally, the right place. People say, oh, well, the percentages it should be there by 12%. Right. I have 72,000 words in my book, and they start doing math, and I'm like, ah. Just makes me crazy. Okay. Don't do math. If it's anywhere between 10 and 20%, you can generally tell by your word count somewhere close to there. Good to go. Right. Keep going. Let your, if you have little nitty things that need to happen, let your editor figure that out. We're talking major story stuff here. Right. Right. And so you just look at all those scenes and then you see, how did I do? How does my ending do? How's my pacing? How's my plot? How does this work? And then when you write that second draft, you have a guide that says these are the things my reader needs to see these. Are, and you're, so you're not just rewriting the same thing over and over and not accomplishing anything by that rewrite. You're introducing new mistakes as you erase old ones. Right. Eventually you'll come out with something pretty decent, but that can take you a oh, long time. It
0: can take forever. If you, if you don't take that. Man. approach. It's less fun. Mm-hmm. This writing
1: gig is hard enough. Our writing process <laughs> needs to be fun and enjoyable. You know, I tell people this writing full time is the most amazing and awful job you'll ever have. Uh, And both those are true at exactly the same time, the same time, at At the the same same time. time. Yes. (laughs) So don't make the writing part harder than it needs to be. You can do better. And there are ways to do it that will not drive you insane. It will not drive you mad. Um, So. This is, and this is just one of them is to take that revision process. So that's how I use Plotter in all three phases of my writing. because gonna say. It makes me faster, right. And more efficient. Um, and people will say, can I steal your process? I'm like, sure. You want more details on my process? Sure. Because even if you steal my process, it's not going to look the same for you.
0: No, no, you're
1: going to change it to a way that works for you. If you're smart, and frankly, if, it doesn't matter to me. Like you can imitate anything that I'm doing. I don't mm-hmm. care because it it's a place to start, but it's probably not going to work for you long term. Like you're going to you're going to modify that process. Right. That's the way that works.
0: Right. What do you get? It says you can export from um from Plotter to Word or to Scrivener. What do you get when that happens?
1: So. So you essentially get an outline. Uh, You get each chapter heading that you had as a folder. Mm -hmm. And then inside of that folder, each of the scenes, scene cards you had created under that chapter becomes a text, the little text things that are under the folder.
0: Uh So something similar to that?
1: Yep. And your description, the description that you put in that, scene of that text Mm -hmm. you can choose where that appears now usually i have it go to the little index card thing that's in the inspector on the right hand side
0: of the sidebar
1: right that's where i put it because for me what i create is scene cards that are essentially writing prompts during my planning process so it gives me enough information of a paragraph that i know what i'm supposed to be writing that day i don't go super detailed i put some some basic points in there Mm -hmm. but it's it's what I'm supposed to write that day, so I look over there, um, and I don't do anything but fiction writing in Scrivener. I do I do editing, I do technical writing, all that stuff, but I do all that in Word. I only write fiction in Scrivener because my brain knows that when we open Scribner, we're doing creative writing. We don't do anything else in there. So psychologically, my brain knows that. So I open Scribner and it says, oh, we're fiction writing. My muse says, writing. hey, man, let me get dressed and I'll be right there. I'm like, grab your coffee. I'm going to need you right now. <laughs> and, you know, she shows up and we play for a while. And then I have to go back to the real world, right. um, which is so unfortunate. Uh. Um <laughs> But anyway, so that's why I do that. So It's psychological. That's why I, do, I use
0: Scrivener. Anyway, I was wondering that's because a, that's you know, Can do both, you know. But um, actually, I use Obsidian, um, which is you know Markdown for, oh, yeah. for nonfiction.
1: Yeah, so. yeah. No, I, I, I gotcha. <laughs> I, I mean, and people use different things. So, but in in when you export to Word, what you will get is headings. So if you're if you use Word. And you're exporting to Word. And you're writing in Word. And you're not familiar with the navigation pane. You need to become familiar with that. Absolutely. And heading styles and styles okay? and and heading styles. Please, for the love of, as an editor as well. Please, for the please. love of all that is holy.
0: Please understand.
1: <laughs> understand styles. Um. Anyway, I just accept but,
0: that as part of my job because they, Yeah.
1: Pretty no. much. It, yeah. It's pretty much us. Yeah. <laughs> and then a lot of times I end up formatting the book anyway, so I'm like, yes! please don't. And when you're revising it, don't touch the formatting. Don't touch the styles. Just leave them. I put them that way for a reason in leave the part alone. that I think. Leave it. <laughs> You'll leave it. me Like you I <laughs> like I tell my German shepherd, leave it. Leave it. Leave it. Okay, okay. But anyway, I'm not comparing people to German shepherds. No. I do apologize yeah. for anyone. Although German chefs, they're very smart so you might want to be they're just brilliant people and they love routine and you as a writer should love your routine anyway uh, you get each, um <laughs> wow that okay. really went,
0: did we go down a rabbit uh, hole?
1: <laughs> that really went left didn't it all right <laughs> it did. But, uh, so coming back so anyway it, it exports them as headings um so your chapters are all headings and then your scene cards are all the next lower heading below that so h2h3 right so hopefully if you're familiar with word and you're listening to this you know what i mean if you're not familiar with word and the navigation painting you're using another software just ignore what i just said because it's not going to make any sense to you but anyway so you get you basically get an exported outline and then you can write from that outline um although in scrivener it's a little more robust the, the control you have over it that's one of the reasons i use scrivener as well is i can split screen with my old chapter and there's there's all kinds of little things i can do i yes. used to use scrivener for a lot more than i do now yes Plotter has enabled me to replace some of those functions that i tried to do in scrivener and that weren't really some of them were not really effective in scrivener either but that's that's another i, I could do a whole class on that but um so it's enabled me to split that process into two different parts which gives me more control, more flexibility, and I can do more.
0: Well, that so comes into that whole faster. Bible aspect where you've got, you know, some people keep physical notebooks for their characters, places, mm-hmm. um, thoughts like that. And and I, for me, that's just too insecure. I would be afraid that something would happen to that book. And so I like the digital format very much. But I find uh, in Scrivener, I get a little bit irritated because I have to go to another place to look at my character stuff because I do like you. The first time I mention somebody, I say, okay, if I'm going to describe him, that description is scripture and it goes, (laughs) it goes to his little, his little folder or file or whatever. And, um, and so I would just assume I can see the beauty of having it in a separate place. That not only, not only is, um, well, I guess with pro, it's in the cloud. It's wherever you happen to be. So, um, and it's backed up, I suppose, pretty much. And so, and auto saved as well. So. I I just can see the beauty of that instead of being in Scrivener where I'm having to constantly page up and down, go up and down or, or have a two split Split
1: screen and I'm always messing myself
0: up. (laughs) Yeah, Which one
1: you click in. Uh. Yeah. Well, okay. So, uh, and that's a good thing to talk about is how it saves things. So even if you're in the desktop version, what I did before we had pro now I have pro obviously. Mm -hmm. um, And for more than one reason. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, yeah. But even if you have the desktop app, what I would do is I'd save to a cloud service. I save to OneDrive. I don't care if you use Dropbox, Google Drive, whatever. I am a backup fiend. Right. If you are my age or older and you've been writing for a long time, you have lost probably at least part of a novel Ugh. to a failure to save. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't talk about that unless you meet me at a conference and then you can buy me a couple drinks and we can talk about that moment because I need something in my system to talk about that. It's, it's tragic. Just
0: sick. It's just, sick. it's
1: just, it's the most sickening feeling. It's, it's, it's just a horrible, horrible feeling. Okay. So don't do that. Backup things, right? We have <laughs> cloud services now backup thing, save to OneDrive, save to, and even if you have redundant backups, which I happen to do, I have redundant physical backups as well. Um, but if you always save to the cloud, if that's at all possible, so just do it. Okay. Do it. Um, there's, there's all kinds of a million ways to do it. If you can't figure it out, um, ask, uh, somebody who's 14 and they'll tell you how, <laughs> to do it. um, cause they've been doing it for like seven years already. The biggest advantage of pro besides being saved in the cloud and having a web app is that mm-hmm. you can collaborate with someone
0: oh, so you yeah. can
1: share the same file at the same time. So I work as an editor as well. I don't do as much editing as I used to, but I work as an editor, right? If you work with me as an editor, if you don't have a plotter file when you start, you'll have one by the time we're done with the first round of edits. The reason is I have something visual I can point to and say, look, plot hole. And you can't say, no, it isn't. And explain to me why it isn't. Because (laughs) guess what? I have it right in front of me in black and white. It's visual. You can't deny it. The second thing is, we can collaborate over pro and work on the same file at the same time. So you can see what changes I make in your plotter file at the same time that I make them. We're not sending versions back and forth. And what that does is it enables me very clearly to say, this is the plot hole and see this little scene card down here. This is the re- the repair. Right. for The plot hole. So you go write this and that fixes this. Right, And then we can work together really easily via Zoom, whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. um, and talk back and forth through your file working on it at the same time. And when you're done, then you can go and repair those things and really easily we, we've done it in a fast way. So, I mean, I just always put it to people like this is like, you're going to what you spend on Plotter, you're going to save and what you would have paid me to spend hours to send you stuff back and forth. You're actually going to spend less money in the long run. But also it's just, it's faster for you. Again, getting books to market faster, important in today's market. If you want to do this for a living, Mm -hmm. Um, even if you don't want to do this for a living, it's more fun to not mess around with the same file over and over. Get that one done and move on to your next book. Because I'm sure if you're at all like me, you've got more stories to tell than you can tell in your lifetime. So keep going, keep writing.
0: People can learn about plotter at plotter.com. Yes. And um, I, uh, what would you say? I guess just any time that they're in any point in the writing process, they can start using it. They may have to go back. Yes. And, like they're in the middle of the book or at the, even at the end of the book, they can use it for, as you said, with the little scene cards to test their story. Um, and then in the middle, I guess they would uh, kind of catch it up a little bit. And yeah, then, in the middle forward, is maybe. in the middle
1: is tougher. In that, like, so when I very first got Scrivener years ago, I got it on a deal during Nano, which is when lots of people get Scrivener, right? Right. Um, mm-hmm. And so, if you get a new software in the middle of drafting a book, it is entirely up to you if you want to pause your drafting and learn the software. Um, when I first got Scrivener, I looked at, it, I said, "Very neat, super cool." Nano, not learning this. Not going to learn
0: this.
1: (laughs) Until December. right right? Right. It was too complex. Now, plotter is a little simpler in that you could start with some very simple functions in the middle of your work, catch it up and then finish it in plotter. And that probably would help your revision process. But usually I recommend to people the beginning of the book or the end of the book. Right. The other thing that I recommend that you do with plotter for practice, okay, is take a story that you love movie, book, audiobook, whatever it is, and dissect it on Plotter and figure cool out idea. why it works.
0: Cool idea.
1: And then when you've been doing it for a while and you've figured out some of those things and applied those things to your writing, take a story that you hated, a oh, series sick, sick. that you quit on, like second episode in, because you're like, this is stupid. <laughs> or the book that you quit on like four chapters in you're like, I hate this character and take it and put it in plotter and find out what happened. And then those are things you can avoid in your fiction. And in um, that way I you have can done improve. this with like lots of things. The other thing that it does is it gives you an innate sense of story. You mm-hmm. start to understand how good stories work. And how the things that each one has in common, I study story structure. Like literally, if somebody comes out with a new story structure book, I buy it, I read it, I study it, Right. right? It doesn't even matter if it's for my genre or whatever. I just do it because I'm fascinated with story structure. The more you study story structure, the more you will understand how much story structures have in common rather than how much they are different. Sometimes the difference is really the terminology we're using to make it resonate with a certain genre or a certain style or something along that line. But they're not that different. They're all very similar based on very similar things. Right. And you can do this over and over again.
0: you mentioned the hero's journey. Have uh, y'all managed to get to the heroine's journey?
1: It is on our list. I... And, and part of this with these is copyright issues. So we have to have the permission of the person that created it to use it in Plotter. So oh. for example, let me just give you an example. So another place people can find out about us is on our YouTube channel. There are all kinds of videos on our YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Now the save the cat story structure is copyrighted by Blake oh, Schneider's yes. group. Okay. okay. So we cannot have it in pl- as a starter template in plotter.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: However, there could be a video in our YouTube channel created by a guy named Troy, who you might be familiar with at this point, <laughs> who shows you how to create your own, save the cat template. See,
0: there's so a perhaps,
1: Perhaps there's a solution. I, I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> that may actually be true. Um, and it is actually so we have in our YouTube channel, we also have a lot of explorations of those different plot structures. Okay, like, okay, what does this even mean? And like, la- we're going to do some more workshops this year, but we did one last year on the three-act structure, and we literally spent four days on the three-act structure for a couple hours a day where I basically walked you through the entire thing.
0: Fantastic. And the
1: reason we started with the three-act structure. Is because most modern storytelling is right. based on the three-act structure. So, you know, <laughs> romancing the beat, you romance writers out there, romancing the beat is a four-act structure. It's basically, though, a three-act structure with act two split in half.
0: Right. So.
1: so. Spoiler alert. If you understand one, you will start to understand the others. And it enables you to tell stories in a different and unique way while still adhering to a plot structure that works. It works. So
0: that's been yeah. proven. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Proven over and over. I don't think that everybody needs to write full time or even make that their goal in life. Nope. But if you want to, like you say, produce um, uh, a fair number of books, then you want to do it in an efficient manner. And I can see how plot- plotter would really help that. What is your YouTube channel called? Is it plotter?
1: Yeah, it's plotter, which is basically it's plotter without the E. Right. P L O T T R.
0: It reminds Um, me of Tigger, but.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, We're bouncing or, you know, whatever. We are. Yeah.
0: My dog's name Tigger. I have a dog down here that you can't see, and he's a stripy dog, but his name is Tigger without the E. So
1: That is awesome. My dog is McLean, named after John McLean from Die Hard. Which All right, there you go. From my genre, you see. Um, but I will, let me talk to this. The one thing you said about people that don't write for a living, mm-hmm. okay? Part of this thing is sometimes, like, even your spouse will be like, hey, so what are you doing with this writing thing you're making any money at? Here's the way I tell you to talk to them about it. Whatever hobby your spouse has, let's use, for example, golf. You say, hey, hon, so uh, you making any money off that golf yet? Next time they ask you about writing, you say, making any money off that golf yet? And they go, no, of course I'm not making any money <laughs> off <on> that <laughs> golf. I spend money on that golf. And I'm like, yeah, you buy equipment. You go get lessons. You have tools. You get together with your buddies and do it. Pay fees, huh. hmm. fees <laughs> membership fees, sounds kind of like some of the writing stuff we do, right? So even if you write as a hobby, and it's forever going to be your hobby, because transitioning to writing for a living is entirely different because there's a whole business side of publishing that you must learn, master, and understand,
0: Well, even and if that you, you will spend a book.
1: lot mm-hmm. of your time doing that, a lot of your mm-hmm.
0: time. Amen to that.
1: So, I mean, and that's just the way it is. So there, it is a completely different thing than just writing, right? Writing. And even if you're a great writer and you're writing for fun, you may or may not want to transition to that business side of getting a book published and marketing and doing all the different things that you have to do to make that into your living. Mm -hmm. But you can still tell your spouse and your friends and your family, you say, Hey, you still doing that writing thing? Go. You betcha. I am. You still doing that golfing thing? (laughs) <laughs> Still got that boat, uncle friend, you know, whatever the case may be, whatever their hobby is, it's costing them money. I guarantee. And they're investing money in it deliberately. I also guarantee that.
0: Okay. I am going to like, like put that in the show notes. That is like stellar advice. <laughs> That's the first time somebody's pointed that out, but I can tell you every writer has had that struggle where somebody questions what they're doing with their time. <laughs> Are oh yeah. Are you still doing that? Yes, I am.
1: <laughs> we could do a whole show on common questions that you get as a writer, especially if you start doing it for a living. It gets worse. People think you think it'd get better. No, no, mm-hmm. it gets worse because then you go to parties. Like if you normally go to a party and you're a writer as a hobby, but you have a day job, people say, What do you do? You say, I'm an accountant, right? You don't have to tell them you're a writer. No, nope. you don't have to make any confessions at that dinner party. You go to your wife's Christmas party and you're a full-time writer. People say, what do you do? I'm a writer. They're like, have I read anything that you've written? Like, how in the world would I know? Yeah, (laughs) Amazon emails me a list of people that have read my books. I check it twice and I go through and I'm like, no, I don't know if you've read what." What do you read normally? You, You know, are your books in the local bookstore? I don't know. Why don't you go look? I'm busy. You know, I you know. I'm trying to write my next book. I'm trying to write my next book, right? Um, And so there's all kinds of questions. Or they'll do the thing of, um, oh, I've always wanted to write a book too. Or they'll do the thing of, I have this idea for a book, and if you write it for me, I'll give you half the royalties.
0: I boy, yes, Mm -hmm. the comedy. Oh no, it actually happens.
1: (laughs) It actually happens look it's so it's part of the deal but anyway whatever whatever your goals with your writing are the truth is having tools learning more all of those things benefit you help you have more fun at that activity the reason i don't golf is i'm competitive i know i'd want to be good at it which means i need to buy better equipment have Mm -hmm. lessons and spend lots of time on it and i don't have the time right now to spend on golf. Maybe when I retire and do other things, which I don't even know, I don't think I'm ever going to retire, but maybe if I ever do something like that, (laughs) then I would take up golf. But I won't right now because I know that it consumes my energy and my time and I have better things to do with that. So just, if you're a writer, whatever your goals are, whatever your reasons for writing, first of all, just keep writing. And if you need to justify it to your family, you're welcome to use that or whatever you want because you don't really need to justify it. Truth be told. I, you can do whatever you want with your spare time.
0: I agree yeah. 100%. Is there uh, anything else that you would like to share with uh, our listeners or the people that might see this on YouTube?
1: Um, the basic thing I tell you is just check Plotter out. We have a 30 day free trial we have a money back guarantee. If you don't like it, um. Just tell us, we'll give your money back. We appreciate you telling us why you didn't like it. Um. That's always yes. very helpful in our improving things. Um. If you already have Plotter or you're just interested in Plotter, uh, we have a public roadmap. Like I said, most of our features have come from suggestions from writers who are just like you and who have said this feature. It would be great if Plotter could fill in the blank with whatever you'd like Plotter to do seriously, let us know. We have a suggest a feature thing. We have community templates. We have a robust Facebook community where we answer questions. If you think I can answer your question, just tag me in that Facebook group and I will come and answer your question. Um, maybe not right now when I'm under deadline for a book, but I mean, I'll come in eventually, but you know, those, those types <laughs> of too. things, but, but you know, I, I'll, I'll get there, but social media does take a back seat at those particular times in my life. But, um, it, But, I mean, seriously, just Plotter is one of those things that, for me, it was a game changer. Um, And it probably can be for you, too. It can probably be a game changer for you, too. But try it out. Not every tool is for everybody. But um, there's nothing wrong. There's no harm in giving that shot.
0: Giving it a shot, especially with the 30-day free trial. So, Troy, thank you so much for being on Writing Pursuits. I appreciate it. Um, And I look forward to trying this out myself.
1: Oh, yeah. Let me know what you find. I'm always all ears when people try stuff. And thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you so much. All right. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a comment and follow the podcast. If you're new around here, I hope you will sign up for the weekly newsletter, Writing Pursuits Tips for Authors. That link and all the links mentioned in today's episode are in the show notes at writingpursuits.com. Please join us on Wednesdays for new episodes and keep writing, my friends. Keep writing.